Hello, and welcome to the Keep It Local Maine podcast, where we tell the stories of local business owners, artists, and entrepreneurs, and learn more about what they do, who and what inspires them, their challenges, successes, and more. My name is Todd Regalinski. And I am Kimberly Regalinski. And we are the publishers of Keep It Local Maine, a magazine that helps to showcase local businesses to the people in and around their communities. Thank you for tuning in to our weekly podcast that you can subscribe to on most streaming services such as Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Google Podcasts, and others. You can learn more about us at keepitlocalmaine.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube through the links in the show notes. In this episode, we'll be talking with the executive director of Engine in Biddeford, Maine, Jess Muse. An artist, nonprofit leader, and arts advocate, Jess is passionate about helping people make the world they imagine through transformative experiences in creative community. Currently leading Engine, a nonprofit organization in inspiring and connecting community through art, design, and education, her experience includes more than a decade of outreach, fundraising, marketing, program and facility management, and strategic planning at the intersection of arts and economy. As an artist, she has volunteered for various artist-led collaborative workspaces and advocacy initiatives. With a deep background in movement practices, her creative work is focused on bringing dance making into public space, performing in parking lots, fields, rooftops, and breweries. And now, a quick word from our sponsor. You are a main business. A main business. That means you're the backbone of our community and a force for good in Maine. At Gorham Savings Bank, we think you deserve a bank that sees your business as more than a balance sheet. Every Maine business deserves that kind of bank. Call, click, or come by to learn how we can help your business thrive. You're a Maine business. We're a Maine bank. Let's get to work. Gorham Savings Bank. Banking is believing. Member FDIC. Welcome to the show, Jess. We are so glad that you're here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. I've been really looking forward to this interview because we have a, a daughter at home that is an artist. So any opportunity to talk about art is always a lot of fun. So can you just start off and tell us, you know, what is Engine and how does it interact with the community? Yeah, so Engine is a 501c3 nonprofit arts and culture organization based in Biddeford, Maine with the mission to connect and inspire our community through art, design, and education. And so how we fulfill that mission is running a downtown community art center right on Main Street. We have a gallery, a makerspace, affordable workspace for artists and makers, and we lead a number of community arts and education initiatives in the community. And those include our annual Performing Arts Festival Fringe Fest, where we Close down Main Street, we have musicians, dancers, spoken word artists, and we set up a big table for our annual Pilock. We also work with local business owners and Heart of Biddeford to run a monthly art walk in the warmer months. And that really showcases our creative economy and all of our local artists and creators. Mm -hmm. We do a lot of work spearheading public art and creative place making projects too. Um, there's a lot of development happening in Biddeford and a lot of opportunity for us to inform, uh, you know, local policy and funding opportunities for beautification projects, things like murals, and also ways in which our community can tell their story and mm -hmm. see themselves in the community uh, that we are creating together. We also teach boat building in the high school, which is one of our long running programs called wow. the Compass Project. So that's a way in which we are connecting our art design through education and really working with youth and particularly at-risk youth. Mm -hmm. 
And our most recent and uh, newest program that we're actually launching this year in 2022 is our Ignite Creative Entrepreneurship Program. And that's going to be supporting a cohort of three to five early stage artist maker creative business leaders in our community and just expanding you know, the reach of what we do um, in terms of professional development and really supporting the local economy by connecting with our creators and supporting them with a variety of resources and opportunities. That's great. Wow. Yeah. Now that is, that is all really cool, but I'm going to, I'm going to reveal just how shallow I am with this question. Did I hear a pie luck? And is that sort of like a potluck with pies? That is absolutely a potluck with pies and you are not alone, (laughs) you know, in, uh, that being a really beloved part of our community and the way in which we gather people um, and the creative ways in which we gather people. So I hope you'll join us for a slice or two or, or however many, there's always uh, plenty of pie in the, uh, we do it late summer every year. That is so cool. So yeah. this year, so when this year will that be happening? Do you have the dates for that yet? We don't have the date set. So it's uh, the Friday night Fringe Fest as part of the annual River Jam Festival. Mm. Um, it's been traditionally in September. We had it in August last year. So, you know, COVID is uh, yeah. uh, shifting our, mm-hmm. the way in which we plan. But mm-hmm. in a way, it's exciting because, you know, last year we decided to coordinate a bit differently, work with new partners. Um, we had a really great time working with food entrepreneurs. And so those are the some of the things we're excited to to work on again this year. That's exciting. Yeah. And I thought it was really cool. The the new program that you're the Ignite program that you're launching this year. Is that kind of already solidified or, or can people still get involved with that? Yeah. So uh, we just um, are closing our, our first round of applications for participants for the cohort for the three to five businesses will support. But we will be offering a number of open to the public workshops, convenings, resources, and opportunities to meet these creators and hear from them, um, whether that be through talks or, you know, presentations or even events. You know, since we're supporting creators, including performers, you know, an outcome of a a program like this could be, uh, you know, headlining our Fringe Festival, for example. Um, And, you know, for another entrepreneur, it might be, you know, selling their first product, you know, at one of our vendor tables at Art Rock over the summer. Mm -hmm. So I think there's going to be a number of ways in which the public can really get engaged with the process of how things are made and how the local economy really can be a vibrant place where, you know, a lot of our makers are working with main based materials, main based processes, and Mm -hmm. and really, really do want to keep it local, which is Mm -hmm. um, so exciting. So yeah, and if, if there are entrepreneurs out there in the creative field, who are just learning about this program for the first time, you know, I'll invite you definitely to, to get in touch with us because there will be opportunities for you to learn and grow um, and connect with the resources, even if um, this first year of the program isn't, you know, the timing didn't work out. So it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So you are the, uh, you are the executive director at Engine. How did yes. you come to have your current role there and, and how did your prior work experiences or just experiences in general, influence what you do in that position? Yeah, what what is cool about um, coming to Biddeford is I'm actually from a family of makers, and I'm from Waltham, Massachusetts, which is also a former mill town. And, 
you know, I had a lot of um, experience seeing how artists can transform the infrastructure of industry. So the Waltham Mills Artists Association, you know, I grew up going to open studios there from a very young age and was lucky through the public education system in Waltham to have access to a really high quality arts education, both visual and performing. Mm. And that really helped me, you know, become an artist. And of course, my family, you know, really always supported me throughout that. So in my pursuing arts in education and going to school, I really wanted to focus on the way in which art can be a teaching methodology and a way at a pathway to get at social issues and really improve self-esteem, self-worth for the mostly kids I was working with at the time. Um, I worked with kids and adults with dance in particular as a medium to explore self-expression and also working in collaboration and community. Hmm. But I always knew that I really had quite a gift at organizing and convening and gathering and bringing people together and so focused on that in my career and got a lot of experience, you know, running, uh, you know, engine, I really feel like is vital to the community and is really fed by the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we really value the leadership of the artists that we work with and, and our, you know, community members to guide us in the programs that we focus on. So I spent about five years running Artisans Asylum, a 40,000 square foot makerspace in Somerville, Massachusetts. And that really drew on my history. You know, my grandfather ran a machine shop and there I was running a community machine shop. Hmm. And it's just this really cool, you know, I saw Engine as this cool opportunity to really celebrate that history of Mm. industry and, Mm. you know, things being made here. Mm. And, you know, maybe, you know, everyone's not all in the mill making the same thing, but these spaces are being reactivated so that all of these, you know, individual artists, craftspeople, makers, and and artist collectives can make and innovate um, and sort of draw on that energy. So yeah, so creative reuse opportunities uh, at Artisans Asylum. It was an an old envelope factory. uh, And then I spent three years working at an art center called The Umbrella in Concord, Massachusetts, which was also in an old school. Uh, And so engines in an old bank. Um, I love it. We still have the vault and we are going to be offering it as a new sort of gallery exhibition opportunity because artists always come in and are like, what cool (laughs) uh, installation can we mount here? Or, you know, what social commentary can we have or or Mm -hmm. what fun, you know, might we have with uh, a money show, for example? Mm-hmm. Before I came on board, right before I came here, I, I had the opportunity to work for the New England Foundation for the Arts, which was amazing. And I was doing data and research support for creative economy work, because I think a lot of what we face working in the sector is, you know, a bit of invisibility or illegibility around the value that these creators have to the economy, since, mm-hmm. you know, an individual maker might not ever employ someone else, Right. But they might, you know, fully employ themselves and really contribute to all these other ways in which we value our communities, creating a sense of place and creating the resources that, you know, people want in the communities that they live in. So anyway, long story short, you know, working at the sort of regional level, Mm -hmm. uh, the foundation level and sort of on the other side of things, you know, once I saw this opportunity, you know, I had already had a regional view, a regional sort of a sense of, you know, loving New England, knowing that I wanted to stay here. Maine is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And it really felt like a, a opportunity to go back to the ground and working directly with community members, directly with artists at, you know, bringing their vision to life. And that's what really drew me to Biddeford. That's awesome. Now, a question I would have is, when did you kind of realize that this organization skill was, was something that you really enjoyed and was a big part of you? And, and kind of how did that come about? How did you realize that? Because it sounds like that's been, that's been with you and that sense of knowing about it has been with you for quite a while. Yeah, that's a great question. And I think um, when I realized it, my background in dance, you know, I always had an interest in creating and presenting dance work in addition to the teaching. And when I moved back to Boston from New York, you know, I, I didn't quite know where to land. I didn't know how to produce my own dance work. And rather than sort of go off on my own and, and have my own solo show, I said, well, hey, you know, I'm going to just try and do this. I'm going to present my own work, but I'm going to ask a bunch of people that I know in the community who are also experiencing that same thing, that sense of they don't have a connection to others. They're creating, you know, in isolation and they don't know where to bring their work, especially for new artists. It can be really tough. There's a big sort of high investment to begin and to, you know, have your first show and to pay for lights and this and that. And if you can share costs, it really can enable a lot more risk taking. And so that's what I wanted to do um, with the first shows I started. And I did this in partnership with National Choreography Month that was based in New York. And so I brought that sort of model and produced a series of shows for five years there and supported, you know, more than 100 artists in creating new work and finding collaborators. And then just, you know, it costs so much less to to share the, the bill for those sorts of costs. So that was really where I felt like, hey, you know, I'm always really just stepping forward to bring everyone else along. And that feels like where I hit my stride. Mm, Hmm. That's fantastic. Yeah. So can you tell us what types of artists and makers will people find at Engine? That's a great question because we have a wonderful variety of artists and makers. And I think it really reflects the diversity of mediums that people are working with. Mm -hmm. Um, in Maine and in our community. So we have folks working in painting, photography, woodworking, digital fabrication techniques like 3D printing and laser cutting, ceramics, fiber arts, jewelry and metal smithing, filmmaking, digital art, animation, music, sound design, and more. And then we have a, a number of teaching artists, community artists, and public artists that work with us or use our makerspace Because in addition to the studios, we do have access to a few tools where people can come in, including a community darkroom. So we do serve, you know, a wide variety of media. That's great. Mm. It's kind of cool to, to uh, because I I remember years ago, you know, tiny little bit of experience working in a darkroom and now thinking about how everything is digital yeah. And everything is moving towards digital and, and for some good reasons. I mean, it's economical and, and there's a lot of possibilities and I get all that. But there is something really cool about mm. having the tangibility of I have to develop this by my hands and something could go wrong. Like there's no backup. If I mess up this negative, it's gone. Mm. You know, I, I think that's really cool, especially that people can still have that that tangible interaction with things mm-hmm. uh, in, a, in a space like yours. Yeah, people really love that. And it's an amazing moment when people develop their first roll of film and Mm -hmm. and when it works. Right. You know, there is that risk. And um, but there is that I think a deeper connection 
to ourselves and process when we are able to engage in a hands-on or analog or really interactive embodied way of making. And I think, you know, that's something that so many of us are struggling with COVID is, Mm -hmm. you know, as artists, it's in our nature and just part of the process to be able to share with folks. Mm. And without that opportunity, it can be really tough. So, you know, one of the things that is nice to see in our space is that, you know, even though people are are still distancing and, you know, the darkroom can really only fit a few people, but only one person can really safely be in there at a time. Mm. So we have a bulletin board where people can post their prints and give each other feedback. And that's been this ongoing conversation people are having So in some ways, people have to work a bit harder to connect with each other, which is great. But yeah, we struggle too with our programs um, in thinking about, you know, how do you uh, make a virtual darkroom experience? Um, Mm. You really can't translate. You just, it just doesn't translate that tangible aspect, Mm -hmm. as you say, Mm. um, really gets lost in the digital. So you know, that's one of the challenges we're looking at and trying to innovate in the way we are able to reach people. Because like you say, you know, digital is more accessible. And that is something that we have to wrestle with. And accessibility is really important to our work as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, one of the questions I'm kind of curious about is what do you feel makes Engine a special place for the artists as well as people who are coming in for the first time? Well, I think Engine is one of those vital third places for our community, right? It's not our home. It's not where we work. It's where people can come together who have shared interests, who want to learn and and can connect across difference. So for our artists, I think working in a space where there are multiple disciplines present, there's so much that can unfold at the intersection of that, you know, interdisciplinary work is, I think, one of the benefits that comes out of being in that environment. And I know we hear that from our artists all the time, like, oh, how great was it to run into so-and-so because I was able to borrow their tool or they taught me how to do something I didn't know. And that generosity of spirit coming from that sharing and and Mm -hmm. spending that time to, to help each other is one of the, um, you know, I think really special parts of this community. And I think for the public, I always think about how we can inspire our community and art for some may not be accessible and a Mm. gallery space may not be welcoming, you know, at first glance. And that is true. Um, Some of the art world is not accessible and there's a different model going on there. And and that's great. And so I think what we try and do is bring our programs out into the street and out into the community where people are. So we do have this creative hub and, you know, would normally fill the place, um, you know, if we weren't managing our capacity. But, Mm -hmm. you know, we have this creative hub downtown, but then, you know, we bring our workshops out into the street. We bring community art projects out to the parks, to the community gardens, you know, to our community partners, like the housing development folks who have community rooms where we can bring activities um, and our other nonprofit partners. So um, I think What's special, I will say, about Biddeford and the partners that I've you know, met and the way the city supports the creative economy and arts and culture, Biddeford's just a welcoming place for that kind of gathering and convening across difference and being a community that's historically very diverse and has you mm-hmm. know, 
drawn so many immigrants and and now you know refugees and asylum seekers mm-hmm. there's this way in which i think we can communicate with each other through this language of culture and art and mm. food and uh, you know we can build these bridges and you know re-knit that fabric mm. of of community that you know was lost in a lot of ways when the mills shut down and mm-hmm. um and you know other broader you know kind of national global things going on that affected the way in which our neighborhoods are and how we relate to each other but mm. you know i think art is that is the pathway for that and so i you know i think that's the special and um the deep work that engine hopes to do Mm, that's great. Mm. So now you're an artist yourself, as well as the executive director. What are some of the projects that you're working on? Yes. So I, in addition to my team, are all teaching artists and practicing artists as well. And it's really important for us to uh, nurture that in ourselves. So my background's in dance. I have been lucky to be picking up a few teaching gigs here and there as I can. Um, but for myself, Um, I'm working on some dance films, and uh, this is footage that I've gathered over the last, well, last two years now, doing site-specific performances and movement exploration um, during COVID. So um, that's something this winter that I'm working on while um, I'm not outside as much. And then lately, I've just been making stamps, working at art centers. I've Hmm. been blessed to pick up a number of different uh, skills, including welding and um, woodworking and um, ceramics. Um, But stamp making was one of the classes um, offered that I was able to take. And so I made a little stamp. And so if you got a holiday card for me, it had a stamp that I made. Um, So I like to just, you know, keep myself going creatively with those kinds of um, small projects. And then, yeah, anytime I can learn something new at Engine, the generous folks there always willing to share what they're working on and help me learn something new. That's great. Kim parked right up at hearing welding. There's some, there's something <laughs> about that. Just, just like, ooh. I think it's the aspect of the fire. I don't yes. know. <laughs> it is so fun. I have to recommend it. And there are um, the Biddeford Technology Center or Center for Technology does teach welding classes, I think, that are open to the public through their sort of continuing and adult education. So I, mm-hmm. I'd highly uh. recommend it. It's I think of it as like a primordial, uh, the primordial darkness. And then, you know, you've got this torch that just lights it up and it's a fun way of, of making stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's great. That's awesome. I, now yeah. I, you know what? Now I, I think I want to take welding lessons. Mm. I, I think I know my next thing now. That'd be fun. <laughs> All right. So uh, one of the questions I, I like to always kind of find out from people is, is how they maintain balance between professional and personal, and how do you find the balance between the administrative piece of what you do and the artistic piece of what goes on? Yeah, a lot of what I love about my work is that uh, I get to really listen and talk to so many people and and try and figure out how the resources I have can support them. And Mm -hmm. that is a really creative and fluid, intuitive process where, you know, a lot of it for me is about sensing, you know, what the next best steps are. And I feel really good in that place. Um, And that's that sort of artistic leadership for me, that curation, that and that relationship and connection um, building uh, Mm -hmm. that I do. And then, you know, then you have to 
uh, collect all the marketing materials and post on the website and the social media and, and all of that sort of work, which is a different energy. And, you know, as a small organization, you know, we don't have full-time dedicated, you know, marketing and development and all these sorts of things. So we're all wearing many different hats. Mm. Um, and what I try to ask myself and my team, you know, how can the administration of the organization be an art in and of itself? And, mm. you know, part of that is just having fun and recognizing that, hey, yeah, we don't want to enter uh, all of this, these bills or that data, but you know, ultimately that goes back to serving our mission. And, mm -hmm. you know, we try to to come up with, hey, how can we have an artist help us with this, right? Mm -hmm. If we're going to design our annual report, can we have an artist help us illustrate this? Or if we're going to be leading a community arts program, how can we be activated as artists ourselves and make sure that we get fed in that way to balance it out. And then, you know, personally, I'll, I'll share that um, I've been very lucky to uh, pick up surfing here in Maine. Nice. Um, beautiful beaches and, you know, being in Biddeford near Fortunes Rocks and also, of course, near Higgins Beach. And the surf community is great and in a way so related to the creative community, all about connection um, and connection with nature and Engine actually did a surf show inviting um, local surfers who are also artists, you know, painters and photographers and videographers to share their work in an exhibition with us. Hmm. So I, you know, I always head to the ocean. It's a good recharge um, and taking advantage of the beautiful landscape and environment here in Maine, you know, is a, another way of, of balancing things out. Hmm. Absolutely. I love how you said looking at the administration piece as art. It's so cool to have that perspective. Yeah. So this is a question that we like to ask. It's, it's kind of selfish. But um, how would you dis say that you define success? Yes. Well, <laughs> what a question. Um, <laughs> it, you know, it makes me think of, you know, how much is enough and how do we know that? And I think when I know that we've been successful and our work is that we've moved someone. And we know that when someone shares with us an experience where the way they think, feel, or see the world is different after they've seen a piece of art or participated in a performance or made art themselves. And I really think people feel an agency and empowerment to co-create their world when they have experiences like that. So um, grateful when you know someone shares with me, which I think we're very lucky that, that that happens, you know, every time we go out into the community, that people are grateful because they've been able to connect with themselves and each other in a really meaningful way. Mm -hmm. So that's on the sort of macro level, you know, and then I think that's been translated to a lot of support for us. Um, we've been very uh, fortunate to have, you know, donors and partners that do believe in our work and really staying committed to the mission and that transformation. Mm -hmm. That's what, you know, engine is about. Um, you know, that feels like where we, we feel that success. Yeah, that's great. Another kind of selfish question that we like to ask, uh, just to get that right out front, because we are admitted inspiration junkies, is who or what inspires you either professionally, personally, artistically, whatever way you want to tackle that. Yes. So I wanted to lift up an organization, Maine Inside Out, which is doing amazing work with formerly incarcerated folks to 
uh, you know, through the arts and advocacy towards transformative justice and abolition. Mm. So their work is, um, I think, that intersection of art for social justice. And so what they do is inspiring and they work with Pedagogy of the Oppressed and Theater of the Oppressed, some of the methodologies that I was also trained in mm-hmm. um, that really have an impact. I have really been inspired by Ryan Adams' work, who is a main public artist. And I was very lucky to actually go visit him down at Surf Point Foundation, which is a artist residency in York. And so, yeah, Ryan Adams does amazing public art murals that really engage with the community. Um, and he's really um, inspired and informed mm. by graffiti art and is a, that sort of historic sign painting Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, that part of our economy and our culture in which artists, you know, we're more fully employed across our culture and society. So he is a great artist to check out. And then, yeah, Surf Point Foundation, just a shout out to them and, um, you know, other residencies in Maine. There's a residency in Maine called Subcircle in, in Biddeford that we work with as well. And these kinds of organizations just really give artists the the time and space that they need to grow and and to experiment and, and sometimes just recharge in the beautiful environment we have and and refill yeah. the well. So yeah, so that's what I've been inspired by lately. That's great. Awesome. Well, Jess, thank you so much yeah. for taking time out of your day to, to share your story and also mm. what Engine is all about with us. I'll make sure that we have a link to the Engine website as well as social media mm-hmm. uh, pages. And uh, what's the best way for people, to, if they want to get involved with Engine, what's the best way for them to get in contact with you? We would love to invite anyone to reach out to us. And the best way to do that is to email me. Um, and my email is director at feedtheengine.org. And yeah, many ways to get involved as a volunteer, attending our events, participating in our programs. So looking forward to hearing from folks and just really appreciate the opportunity to talk with you today. Thank you so much. This has been great. It's yeah, been our I pleasure. feel like we've learned a lot and it's just very inspiring just what you guys are doing in the community. And uh, just can't wait to get out and get involved in some of those things coming up this year. Yes. And thank you. Thank, thank you again. again. And, and we wish you nothing but success in 2022. Thank you. Same to you. Once again, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Gorham Savings Bank, and encourage you to check them out through the link in the show notes. And thank you again for listening.